You'll have to trust that I'm playing one of the Alex intros. Uh-oh. Are you not in a talky mood? I'm listening to your headphones. I do have them loud enough. Oh, yes. There you go. Now you're smiling. Oh, yes. Happy Monday. It's Monday, May 16th, 206 in Podcastville. I don't know where my dad is. I have called him three separate times. Oh. I texted my brother, uh... Because my brother's up early when I am. He said my dad was coming. Called him at 7.30. Called him at 9.30. Called him around 11 because I'm literally doing this minute by minute. (laughs) I don't know know where he is. I mean, he would be almost here if he had left. If you had last spoken to him at like 6.30 or 7. 7.30. 7.30 was when you last talked to him and he had left within five minutes. He should be here like in the next hour or so, I would think. Again, I have no expectations. <laughs> None whatsoever. Um, welcome to the podcast. There is a bunch to get to. It's a busy Monday. Are you wearing all black? Um. Okay. I'm you, flexible. You went against the the vibe of the day. What's the vibe of the day? Sunny in 75. I'm sunny in 75 by nature. You are? Sunny in 75. It's a country song. Um, we, can go, uh, we can go like all over the place today because there's some serious things and there's not serious things. I'll start with, with what I spent the majority of the radio show doing. Um, have You have been to the gaff? Oh, many times. Okay. So if I'm the gaff this morning, I'm a little worried. Because of... The Toledo Taco and Margarita Festival. Oh, is that the same weekend? Nope. It's August 6th. Oh, good. Um, Good call. It's already up to a thousand shares. And I think it's going to give the gaff a run for its money as the biggest. And on the air, I said wild. I'll say most out of control festival. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, I mean, nothing Nothing is, there's very little Toledo likes more than tacos and margaritas. In fact, I'm sure there's some people who are already thinking we've had one of these before, but no, it's just kind of like, it's the theme. It's the menu for the summer from like now till the very first fall right. beverage that hits in August. It's, right. it's tacos and margaritas everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And we have some really good, I mean, this sounds like a fantastic idea because I think that the um, restaurants in our area, the Mexican restaurants specifically in our area are stellar. Like yeah. San Marcos, El Camino, El Vaquero. Um, well, almost all of them. Like you, I hate to name the the ones I know because then I'm leaving out others that are uh, that are Poco Loco. Like you know what I mean, Cocina de Carlos. Like all of them are are fantastic. So if it's the battle of the tacos and margs, I'm in. Yeah, it it's gonna be wild. Is that a Saturday? It is. I think it's Saturday, August sixth. Tickets go on sale Thursday, and I I'm kind of curious, and I'll have to to ask around. I want to know. They probably had to keep vendors and places out because I would guess everybody would want to be a part of it. I'd mm-hmm. like to know what that process was like, and I'd like to see what the ticket process will be like on Thursday. Now, this is a very last-minute town. Mm-hmm. To that point, uh, it seems like there's still plenty of tickets available for Friday night's playoff game. We should go. Nothing in what I just said had that on my mind. <laughs> 
I was simply pointing out no. that this plays into our, our last minute nature. Yes. Um, usually the walleye will have something up like less than 1,500, less than 1,000. Like I have tickets to give away on the show today, which is actually kind of surprising. But um, good though. What's that? But good though. Yeah. Yeah. And I expect 9,000 people will be there. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how this thing ramps back up because they're going to go a week without playing games, the walleye, mm-hmm. and they're going to go over a week since the Huntington Center has been um, been filled. That's why I think it was kind of perfect to throw this thing out there today mm. to get the Huntington Center back on the map. And and this thing, so it's still at a, it's still at a thousand shares. I'm going to guess by the time I get off the air tonight, not that I have anything to do with it, it'll be at 2,000 shares. I want to see where it ends. Yes. Good. With that point, as I bounce all over the place, I'm ready. Hamilton tickets went on sale today. Uh, they've been on sale for a couple days. I saw Sing- the- single oh. seats. Oh, oh. For for the average non theater goer. So I thought about this and I said, "Do I want to go?" Because I was going to buy tickets like last week, and I was going to surprise my mom. And I said, hmm, "Do I want to go? Do I want to go?" Nah, I saw it. I saw it on TV, Disney Plus when they brought it to TV, and I couldn't even get through the entire thing. So no. Same with Floyd and I. It's a no for me. Same with Floyd and I. A couple of summers ago, um, two COVID summers ago, when Disney kind of gave it to us in like July, one, to pluck the service. Uh, Two, you know, we were also down and to get that was kind of nice. I did the same thing. I I just don't, I don't do musicals. Yeah. The the singing, I I don't get into it. Um, I'm curious though, because this was such a moment in pop culture, um, is is that a, is that more of a reason to go to experience it live? I think so. I mean, I think that they will sell out, and maybe the the Friday and Saturday shows will. The weekday shows probably won't, but um, excuse me, I think so. Yeah, it it was a moment in pop culture, and I don't mind musicals. I mean, I went to see Phantom of the Opera at the Shanahan, and I thought it was fantastic, the all all the way through. But just in general, for some reason, Hamilton just didn't get me like it did everybody else. I love I love American history stuff, and I know Same. that it's a it's a take on it and whatnot. Um, I don't know as much of the backstory of the creation of it and some of the criticisms mm-hmm. and, the, and and the journey mm-hmm. of it. Like some people, I just knew that it took over pop culture, mm-hmm. um, and it mixed sure a did. lot a lot of music like that we enjoy. We would typically enjoy. It was the thing to do if you got Hamilton tickets. Yeah, <laughs> like, you were, like you were the shit if you got Hamilton tickets. Um. I'm curious to see if Toledo at large goes. No, I don't think so. You might, you might be very, very right. That's why I'm curious now to like fast forward. Yeah, I think it's like August 23rd or 24th through the first week or so September. September. Yeah, and I'm curious, like you said, what's it going to be on a Wednesday night? Will the auditorium be half filled? Probably. So I'm, I'm curious because I want to see one more. Already, as I already alluded to, we're last minute anyway. Um. So, but what will a Wednesday night show be that day? How much and will tickets be and, and so on and so forth? We're like three years removed from its popularity. Yeah. You know, at least maybe even four, because I think at the beginning of the pandemic, like in the summer of 2020 was when they brought it to Disney Plus. And at that point it had played long enough. So we might be three to four years, you know, out. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The, the fever pitch of... The golden ticket of, mm-hmm. and I, I think the closest it would have been here was at the Fisher Theater up in Detroit. Cleveland. Detroit's closer. Then downtown Not, Cleveland in about the same? It takes 50 minutes to get up to downtown Detroit. Oh, okay, I guess so. It takes like an hour 20 to get to. All right, fine. Uh, 
and I remember like people showing their tickets or saying that they missed out on them. And you're, you're right. We might be too much COVID and beyond removed from the moment that it had. Yes. Um. Okay, so let's go to Taco Fest. <laughs> we're, just blow, we're just blowing through stuff. <laughs> um, I will put my conspiracy theory out for consumption here. Okay, because it, it's we have time to to flesh it out as opposed to on the radio. Um, have I, your moment. I, I know where to, I know where I know where to have my battles. <laughs> it is not completely implausible that Britney Spears was never pregnant to begin with. No, no, it's not. It, I mean, I thought it was just as plausible because at, at this point, the Britney Spears train is a little unstable. And so pregnancy would not have been far off from a terrible decision currently. Currently. Nobody shame me for this. A bad decision for her at the moment, in my opinion, with what we know of her public life. Um it it would I wouldn't put it past her for this to happen because this is a little bit of a unstable train down the track. Like, um, so that's why I said it might be true. <laughs> you know, where the you first, and I were like, you were like, mm, no. The first two things I thought when this occurred were she was never pregnant to begin with, and again the the timing of this is serendipitous mm-hmm. uh with all the abortion discussion going on yeah. and, and again like the paramount reason I will always side on what I like to call the right side of the discussion um even though the degrees of both sides are it, it's not as black and white as many decisions Correct. yeah but I, I hate the idea of bringing something that can't fend for itself into an untenable situation. Correct. Um, Britney Spears, re- many as many resources as she may or may not have anymore, s- smells like an untenable situation. I mean, that's a that's like a philosophical conversation, like an age-old philosophical conversation that is someone, and we're making the assumption that Britney is pretty unstable at the moment. Um, Very safe assumption. Right. She shows this all the time. And bringing a child into an unstable environment. Um, I I won't say what I like where my opinion lies over the other, but it's a long time discussion, even with people with really severe, manic, unstable mental health conditions, some developmentally delayed conditions. Like you may be, you may have the body of a 30-year-old, but you have the mind of a 10-year-old. And that's very real in a lot of people's situations. And they can, but a 30-year-old can have a baby. You know, your body can physically carry a child to term and have that child. And I remember, um, oh, I had this debate a long time ago on bringing children into those situations and what that does. And it's, no, people really don't think about stuff like that. And Brittany is so public and there was such support for her to be free, which I don't think either of us like disagree with the thought of, but in practice with what we see publicly, with what we see going on with her in and out of social media, with the things she's doing, the things she's saying, like, would it have been a great situation for a baby at the moment? 
if I were not minding my own business, I would say probably not, <laughs> you know, it, it's probably not. But that's awful if she really did lose a pregnancy. It is. Absolutely. And I, I so I don't know the numbers. I speak of complete sure. ignorance here. But, you know, from several weeks ago, science says she is she is in a, a geriatric pregnancy. Didn't she just turn 40? Yeah, she's wow. uh, she's about 40 and a half. Her birthday's in December. Wow. So if this, if she was truly pregnant mm-hmm. and I am completely completely way off, you you wonder um if her age played into potentially mm-hmm. losing the child. So a lot of questions um and we'll just leave it with that. Yeah. Uh as we jump around, uh challenging decisions, what are you going to do with your rent going all the way up? <gasps> I don't know if that has anything to do with my mood today because I I kind of woke up like this. I woke up like this. I you know this. I woke up like this this morning. It was one of those like, "Ooh, do I want to quit my job?" Like, do I want to quit? Oh, one of those days. Do I want to quit? <laughs> like <laughs> the minute my alarm went off um and just do nothing. Um uh, the answer is no, I don't want to. But my rent and this is the month-to-month rate, okay? So I pay close to $1,000, and that's just for my rent. That doesn't include my internet. It doesn't include cable. It doesn't include... Uh, Utilities. U- electricity or my garage. And so I would be looking at, for rent alone, at a month-to-month rate, which would allow me to be available to buy a house, Thomas and I would be spending $1,300 a month just in our rent. For, for context, what would be the cost if you went for the full year of the lease 900 okay if i went a full year i'd be spending 900 dollars. so that's 400 dollars extra a month just to not be and and the benefit that i have at least the knowledge that i know the reason i know that this is such a big deal is i used to work at that property so when i moved long ago when i moved to toledo from Cleveland, I got a job at the apartment complex I was living at while I was finishing school, and our month-to-month rate was $75. So you'd be paying $75 extra on top of what you would pay for a 12-month lease. Um, so instead of a 12-month lease, you pay whatever that price is plus 75 So now it's plus 400 That's insane. And it's like, it's almost... Luckily, Thomas didn't... I thought Thomas is going to be really upset because he tends to get really frustrated with things with things that are out of our control like the macro issues it shouldn't be this expensive for rent it shouldn't be this expensive for groceries it shouldn't be this expensive for prescriptions like he tends to get upset with those things the the big headlines where I'm just like listen life is life but I think in this moment I'm just like how are we supposed to get out like how are we supposed to do that because if I do sign a 12 month lease at $915 um, then I have to pay three times that to break it which is a thousand 3000 2700 yeah three 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 essentially grand. so i have to pay three times that to break the lease so either way we're kind of screwed and it's can you plan for it absolutely am i going to plan for it sure. at at this point we're just going to have to go month to month because we know my house journey has been what two years in the making now I just cannot, it's, it's, I hate to say it's starting to affect my mental health being in our home, but it just is. It's so small. It's like, I just need more space. And I think the envy that I feel when I see other, like with you, with your space and other people with their space and the yards and the gardening and the room for their dog, for their, we don't even have kids, dogs. You know what I mean? It's I'm just like we have got to move. So we're going to do there's no getting around it. We're going to do it, but it's just like 
insane. Are you going to look to are you going to look into other possible apartment complexes? No. No, because, and the reason that it's so frustrating is we tried to plan this out as best we can. Our wedding is October 1st. I was under the impression that our lease was going to be ending at the end of September, um, and it actually ends at the end of August. So our new rate begins September 1st, um, and our, our wedding is October 1st, and we are absolutely not doing gifts. So anytime you gift us, whether it's for the bridal shower or for the actual wedding, we're asking for cash for our home. And I think I need to, I think in order for me to do this, this might be the time for me to maybe share something publicly, like maybe via Facebook or social medias. So people know what to look for ahead of the invitation because nowadays everybody has social media. So when they say, what do you want? And we say just cash or please, you know, I'm learning that some people are uncomfortable with these like dream home funds. So it's through Zola, which is a popular wedding website, but some people aren't comfortable giving money on those platforms. Kind of like how you don't want to give to a GoFundMe. So I'm like, listen, give us cash, cut us a check, deposit into our Zola account, and we will be using it as a down payment for our home. But per mortgage laws and loan, loan or lenders and et cetera, um, that money that's gifted to us has to sit in our bank account for three months before we can use it. And so if we're getting married on October 1st, we can't even use the money until January 1st. Again, you can always tap into the bank of Chase. I know. Like, But it would still be a gift, you know, and it would still have to sit. Oh, it could sit there. But if, if you lucked out and found a place to live on October 17th and you, you needed like, do you have any ballpark idea of what you're expecting in that three to four okay I could I could give you that money and just give me that money back after the three months I am or after the wedding whenever mm. I know where you work <laughs> um, I I'm glad you explained here and this is this is what makes the podcast great rather mm-hmm. than you and I going back and forth on text. I'm glad you explained the aspect of your your wellness and your your sanity it li- is, living yeah. in a small place because yeah. these are big numbers. I, flat out, I would make the bet that you're not going to be able to find the home that you want in the next year because it's still wild out there. Kind of. And over the course of a year, you'll pay close to five grand more if you went month to month. Mm-hmm. You just kept dragging it out. Mm-hmm. Paying three, if you save, and I'm just thinking out loud here, if you do the year, if you pay the annual lease and you're paying nine, you're saving four grand over the course of a year. Three of which you might have to pay to get out. I don't know. I, I like going that way. Like it, mm-hmm. And it almost screams like I'd like to know what's going on with them. Like that's a it's like a 40% increase. And I think the part that, and this is this is a large property management company. They own thousands of apartments all over this the country, and they have different tiers. So we're mid-level. They have low-income housing, and they have luxury housing, and we're right in the middle. And um, I know for a fact that our property's occupancy is at about 99%. So it's going to be hard for you to even get an apartment. It would... They're full. The math that I, I yeah. maybe think they're doing is what, what I was going at is, all right, hear me out. We're <laughs> going to make her month to month completely outrageous. Mm-hmm. So she'll leave. And the next person, we can get them in, a, in, a, in an annual for $1,000 a month. Oh, yes. Yeah. And and then the other part about the, the how this rate works is it changes based on the market. So if 
in September, I pay $1,300, but in October, you know, they know that there's barely any availability in our region's market. They can, they can charge me $1,400 <laughs> or $1,600. It's, like, it's like meat. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's it's just so frustrating. And so I want, and I think this is, like, I'm, I'm not blaming anyone, and I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not in that, I'm not, like, mad at the world or get off my lawn kind of mad. I think I'm just a little bit, like, how does anyone, and I always claim privilege here because Thomas and I do relatively well between each other um how does anybody with less than us get this done like with less than us and maybe the fact that we don't have less is a is a struggle because we're right in the middle where we don't qualify for any first-time home buyer programs like we don't qualify for any and because we make too much money but we don't make enough to be able to finagle all of this extra money and then I'm not even kidding, and you've talked about this. I literally called my brother, and I said, we're moving in the basement for four months. We're moving in the basement. I can store. Most of the stuff we're getting rid of because our couch was just kind of, it's not in good shape, and I wouldn't want to take it to a new house. Um, and so that's going to get tossed out. So most of our stuff is going to go in storage. Thomas, myself, and the dogs are coming over, and we're moving into the basement for four months. You'll have an in-home babysitter. You're welcome. Like, you know, and I, my brother, I, I have no doubt, would be like, absolutely. Like, if worst case scenario, we want to help you. But um, I don't want it to be worst case scenario. You know what I mean? So, and we're middle class and that we can't just pull this money out of our behinds and neither can any of our family or will they they may be able to but they won't because maybe they come from hardships and don't ever want to experience hardship again and so lending out money or helping with homes would be too much that's not something that exists mm-hmm. in my family like you tend to do all of that on your own i i don't need to be told I'm right because I know I am but th- this is all COVID stuff <laughs> and yeah. wasn't it it was one of the the Ohio Senate candidates it was either J.D. Vance or, who like flat out said he doesn't care about Russia and Ukraine like yeah. you should absolutely care because some of the, the real like daggers of financial pain recently have, because, have been because of the fuel issues yeah and, Matt, and we're I, giving billions of dollars <laughs> you know Matt and I talked about this. Um, Matt and I get it when I do meal packing on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. As I remind him, it's not fun, but we do get into these neat little philosophical debates. And like, I don't think people have grasped how much worse things have been made by by that that ridiculous war, war. Um, for, simply from fuel alone. So. I'm, I got gas for four twenty seven the other day. I never thought I'd be alive to see gas prices this high. And I don't uh, think anybody's talking about it. I haven't heard. I haven't seen a complaint about I, gas in the last three weeks. I think because the complaining happened in the three dollar range, <laughs> and then like yeah. the, the most prescient thing Paul Denny's producer has ever said was when this all got out of control. He's like, "What am I going to do? Not drive?" Yeah. Um, it's the, like the one thing where you can't. For the first time in my life, I'm buying more store brand products than ever. Mm-hmm. That's my way of of deflating the inflation. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with gas. Yeah. Unless you have a helpful boss that says you can now work from home three days a week instead of two, you can't get around it. Um and I I made the example to Matt over the weekend. So I watched my my chicken. My chicken that I get at Kroger has gone one ninety nine, 
219, 239, it's now 299. So it's mm. up like 50%. Even the the lettuce that I that I buy has gone up like astronomically. Um and I only use these to make the point of hoping people see the larger picture because it's not it's not about goods, it's about transport. Mm-hmm. Like our guy Chuck from the group home could speak to this. And I, I hear of a lingering diesel fuel shortage in the future. My gas doesn't cost more and the meat may or may, I'm sorry, my lettuce doesn't cost more. The gas to get my lettuce to Kroger right. costs more. Right. And like gas is everything. As I, as like Paul said, everybody needs gas and there's no getting around it. And that's driving our prices up. I was trying to walk through and walk back my instinct of why the fuck are apartment prices going up other uh, like rent why is rent going up other than the fact that they can well they probably have to they might have to consider paying their on-site technicians more if they're getting people um to come fix things well those people are tight and they're traveling so like it's all these little things that add up into these yeah because they're building new properties and why i think the costs are down with wood and whatnot Mm -hmm. like everybody's got to get somewhere and, and that goes back to the gas stuff. And yeah. and Matt said to me, because I brought up uh, something about like people who want to be America dependent or independent, like yeah. have everything made here. Like it doesn't work like that. And Matt said, I thought we were on the plus side of dependency as far as like exporting and importing oil. And I'm not going to go much deeper into the wheat. And I believe the thing is we are, but long before the internet connected everybody, like the economy was globally connected. Sure. And everything in a domino effect. That's yeah. why I was very concerned about the Putin thing and learning about how, like, that's a center point for grains, mm-hmm. which feeds a lot of Europe. And it's just these dominoes. Yeah. And I'm not, like, and, and I mean it, I, uh, Thomas, neither of us are really, like, upset at any particular person or anything. And I don't think I'm, I'm in that space where I'm this millennial, like, giving the generation before me a hard time because we have it harder. It is what it is. Our circumstances is, it is what it is. I do appreciate conversations like this. I appreciate conversations when I see it online because it makes me feel like I'm not alone. I'm like, I'm not crazy, right? Like This is really difficult. And it will make it all the more better when we do have ourselves a home and we are, you know, and I'm having Eric over for company and, and, you know, our family, I can come and visit and stay because I have a place for them to stay, like my girlfriends and all of that. Um, so it will make it all the more sweet when we have that moment. I just, I never thought that I would be here as a 32-year-old college grad doing well in the community and well for herself. And Thomas and I make good money combined, you know, and as we look at our bills, we're, we're spending as less and less every year we're doing better with spending every year and it's just like we're still so far from the from the target you have to you have to take the ideal situation that you were hoping for as a young adult off the table yeah and it was still kind of feasible um but COVID hit Mm -hmm. and it blew everybody's plans to smithereens and again the ukraine stuff might have an equal amount of impact of of COVID because again, in the same way that like everybody could catch the virus to different levels and we lost a million lives, blah, sure. like everybody needs gas and it's just yeah. a domino. And I'm curious, someday someone will write a long book or a very long study, <laughs> and they'll play back our podcast. 
You know what? You you should if my Quote dad stays, us. you should have a great discussion with my dad because I saw all the like the, the millennials have it worst. It was like yeah. um, you know, young kids and there was a Gulf War, which I don't think affected as much. Um terrorism kicked up in the nineties, two thousand uh, you had nine eleven, you had the, the Great Recession. Which you know affected me greatly, and thankfully mm. I was able to get through it. You've got COVID. You've got all this stuff. Like millennials are the opposite. Are the so my dad was I guess borderline the greatest generation. Like post World War II, the nuclear family growing up, mm-hmm. two kids, parents did okay. Blah, blah. It was like literally the peak of Americanism. Sure. And here you are, like. <laughs> Like every letter of the alphabet is checked off a problem for you. Yeah. And it's it's like, oh, we're finally getting past COVID. And here goes Putin rolling into the Ukraine into Ukraine. Yeah. I'd like again, someone will juxtapose whatever you want to call my dad, the boomer generation. He was born in 49, with with millennials. At least Gen Z, as I've said for a long time. And whoever is in like the, the teen to mid 20s range they get to go wow they're still paying for student debts thank god i didn't keep going in college because it was because it was so predatory like it's real now and we can make these comparisons yeah 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 that's it it's just i'm not some whining millennial although i'm i won't even shame some millennials that that do whine you have uh, maybe, reasonable gripes. Maybe I am a little bit, but it's just it's just nice to know I'm not al- not alone and I'm not crazy in my thinking. Like this is an issue, right? <laughs> like this is wrong. I I think we mentioned it today in text. Like COVID's kind of roaring back, and I showed you a kind of a grim uh, text earlier from this this guy Eric Topol T O P O T O P O L. He has been like a go to for for. Pragmatic information during right. all of this. He had he started with like quarter of a million followers. Now he's got three quarter of a million, and it's just hard science. And his thinking was: there's about ninety thousand new cases every day from people doing at home tests. He thinks that there's no more asymptomatic cases, so people are just assuming they have COVID or whatnot, not reporting. And it's probably three, four, five times that amount. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, I'm kind of upset or concerned that. No one has come out and said, all right, we told everybody over 65 to get a booster on a booster on a booster. It's probably time to drop that age down a little bit. Um, If not, we're going to have an issue because we might hit a point where we have yet made another mistake like we should have gotten people boosted two months ago. And before you know it, we get another strain of a strain that's a problem. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I saw something similar this weekend and it was one of those really somber TikToks where they were going over research that they've seen and CDC and uh, apparently the CDC quietly is now requiring masks back on campus again, but they haven't publicly said that. And they're like, that's an indicator of something because they know something that that hasn't trickled down to us just yet. And I mean, I know at, I, at least one person knows more than one person that has a COVID positive case within the last two weeks. Yeah. So say that again. One person knows more than one person that has had a COVID positive case in the last two weeks. Right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sarah yeah, yeah. missed her heart walk because she had COVID. Yeah, I know about three or four. Yeah, and and this is not a trap of small sample size. Oh, mm. no. I, th- I think that's why I wanted you to say that again. We've read about it. We read COVID hadn't gone away, yada, yada. But now I think we're at the point where everybody knows somebody. It's kind of like kind of yeah. like that that first COVID spring feeling where kind of like the hurt back in the day you know <laughs> oh my God. i couldn't help myself this is really dark conversation um gonorrhea what's another <laughs> another light part um that i can 
Did you see my Planet Fitness post? No. So I'm the, I'm reading. Uh, there's a there's a football article I read every Monday morning, and uh, it I, I did not expect to be jolted out of the Mondays by reading this article. Mm-hmm. He pointed out, and I'll I'll show you the picture because I was at Planet Fitness when I read the article. Let me see if I still have the picture. By the way, it's my sweet baby Colin's birthday today. Uh, I could I tell him to listen to the radio. Does he know what the radio is? He does. I'll do He's a shout four out. four years old. Sweetie, see? Is he the one that knows the N-word and other vulgar words? They both do. Okay. Matt told me his son, Aiden, knows the N-word. Is oh. Um, so does anything look weird about that? Now, granted, I, I've been in this place thousands of times. And I was like, I looked over at it as I was reading the article and I thought, how did I miss that? Especially for the kind of person that I am and what irritates me. Is the spelling wrong? Yes. There's an E? Yes. Hmm. Planet Fitness judgment-free zone is misspelled. Now, somebody (laughs) showed me a tweet from Planet Fitness that said, Initially, it was a typo. Now, it embodies the fact that we are judgment-free. I dare you. I dare you to take some copy paper, write a big fat LOL on it with a with a uh, pointed towards that E, and just slap it to the wall. I dare you. I, I am, as a self-professed grammar snob who has crawling skin when I see people say I see or hear people say I seen mm-hmm. and other horrific grammar mines. problems mines. My, that's that's mines and uh, his yeah. self his himself se- uh, most of this comes from from hip hop lyrics from uh, from, the, from black culture or because you're old as dirt and they used to slap you on the fingers with a ruler when you said it wrong then they would say it right right uh, but no, I, I I do wish one day we'll get. I know we have a lot of other problems to get to, and we'll address <laughs> one here. But one day somebody's got to stand up and go, "Look, you white people have been taking words from us for far too long, and it's time to pay up." <laughs> anyway, I was hurt, like I, my soul ached when I looked up. I'm like, "How did I not catch that? How did you not how catch did, that? How did I not catch Good for that? you for not catching it." Um, I apologize that I said I didn't care about the Buffalo situation. I know what you meant. Um. And when I read about this yesterday, I didn't see it on Saturday night. Um, my first thought, I had several first thoughts, none that hung with me. Mm-hmm. But one of the thoughts was, and I've said this before, it bothers me and I hope people are a little bit more sensitive or reflective. When you get all excited for serial killer documentaries and all this other non, all this other true crime stuff, all these vile and gory and grim and murderous things that happen and you are excited for that thing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, they come from moments like hap- what happened on Saturday. So, have a little thought, I suppose. Um, and there are other several thoughts like, well, we haven't had one of these in a while. Why didn't they gun him down? And on and on and on and on. And I guess there was another smaller shooting in California. Yeah. Sun- was killed, it Sunday? Uh, f- I think four to ten injured and one killed. And then there was a shooting in Milwaukee where 20 people were shot. Any dead? Um, I believe so, but it was separate occurrences around one event. So the NBA playoffs was in Milwaukee, and after the playoffs, there was like celebration. Was this the other night? Yeah, it was, it was all in one weekend. Got it. Got it. Um, so I think that there was five. There was. I read that there was something else in Houston, maybe. But but like 
copycat kind of things like these? No, this one's this was the only like terrorist. Yeah. Well, we don't know about the church shooting yet, so we right. don't we don't know about that one. But this the um, uh, Buffalo is the only one that we know of right now that is already deemed a hate crime, already deemed American terrorism. That kind of thing. White nationalist terrorism. I, I know there are still far too many news outlets that will will call it for what it is, mm-hmm. um, and they say it without saying it. But just 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 say it, and it sucks. And I've said this before. I think I told you. Like I wanted to ask my dad. Like we went through all these eras of of doom and 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 killing, and we're still sadly in this this era of white dudes shooting places up. And actually, one of the other thoughts I thought of. And maybe it was a refusal on my part to see what the Batman was trying to illustrate. How when we all thought the movie ended, it was far from ended because there were a bunch of Riddler copycats. Mm -hmm. And to make what I hope isn't too glib of an analogy, in the same way that people mimic fashion and styles, they mimic these things. Unfortunately, lives are taken. And it's, it's... it's disgusting, and it. They mimic what happened in Buffalo, or they mimic the. Oh, this dude! This dude uh, got it from somebody else somewhere who got wanted racism to... and hatred. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I mean, to different levels. Mm. Um, like I know we have an interesting discussion when, when these happen, and we bring mental health into it, and I I can probably reason that a little bit. Not with this one, not with this one. Yeah, unless, no, you unless you're gonna say hating yeah. hating black people is a mental mental health issue. This this was, as has been said, pure evil. Evil. This yeah. was not someone. Yeah. Who was necessarily like, you're familiar with the term incel, mm-hmm. like the white dudes in mom's basements and stuff, mm-hmm. and they think mm-hmm. all well, these they hate women. women. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like because like, they haven't had sex. Like we can reason through that. This person just thought the world was becoming darker. And in many ways, as we talked about last week, it is. And he doesn't like that. So he was going to try to do his little part to put an end to it. And that's why, of all things, I'm, I'm very, I'm, sometimes justice can be meted out in a faster way. I, I don't know. I mean, this is a completely different discussion for another day, but a little bit of my insight. And I don't, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. So if he wasn't, if they didn't shoot him and he survived this and he was brought into handcuffs and like, what does his life look like for the rest of his life? Do I think the death penalty should be there? Nope. Because I think it's too easy. But um, that's another story for another day. I, it's, it's hard. I, I saw something. I saw a really good point made today. Um, and we've seen, I know that you've seen it, and we've seen some public discussions around what we've seen in Buffalo. And it's just related to everything else that we've seen where black people, I mean, people in general, it's hard. Like, even here in Toledo, like, you can drive past a street that just had a shooting last week and somebody was killed. You can be two, live two blocks from a street where somebody was found in the middle of the road. We have a lot of homicides going on in our city. Um, so there's a lot of gun violence in the country alone, but there's also a lot of violence on black people. And it, you know, when somebody is bringing up a conversation and they're like, where do I go? What do I do? It is still so dangerous for me to just exist, whether it's somebody wanting to gun us down in a grocery store or, and I'm not using Karen to be derogatory, but it's somebody wanting to claim that we took their phone and called the police on us at a hotel lobby or it's someone you know thinking I don't live in their neighborhood so they're going to call the police because I'm running in the neighborhood like there's so many things and it's like what do I do where do I exist how does this work and I think there's so many times where in our day-to-day spaces right 
whether it's a workplace or maybe a friend circle, um, sometimes we aren't we don't get to be ourselves because ourselves might be unprofessional or what mm-hmm. have you. Um, and there's people don't even realize that. And I think that as we have seen that every single person is a DEI leader or initiative. Everyone is now a DEI leader and diversity, equity, inclusion is a thing in the workplace and everybody changed their profile pictures to go black. Like this is going to be the time for you to prove like to, to, to put some, to put uh, something behind your, your mouth, like put your, your words, your meanings where your mouth is something like that. A good friend of mine said this today and I really aligned with it. These are the days just like um, I think it was summer of 2020 when there were all these protests. I didn't go to work for like two days because I was so tired of seeing all the discussion around black people and our bodies and our lives and them mattering to other people. And well, what did he do? Well, what did they do? And it's only cases like this where it's acceptable to say that was absolutely awful, you know, and then pretend like he, this 18 year old didn't learn it from other people. He was 18 years old. So yeah. his behavior, his hatred it's not genetic. I'm, well, maybe, you know, that's that's an argument for another day also. But, like, these are things that were learned from online and from, you know, some news outlets and probably from family members and from lifestyles and the circles that you spend time with. And that's his only world. Um, but it's just, it's, what the hell? It's yeah. like, what in the hell? And I know what you meant when you, you know, when you and I talked today. It's like, I don't blame you. I don't even feel like I am now a little bit numb to it and it's sad like I don't even feel I used to sit in front of the TV all day to watch the updates to watch what was going on Can't to, do hear, it anymore. to hear stories from the families I saw an alert on my phone somebody else was like oh my god there was a shooting in Buffalo and I went about my day I don't even remember what I was doing but I went about my day I think with the other thing things I thought and, and again this is like flipping and glib I'm like well, are we putting up the Buffalo City flag on our profiles or the New York State flag? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Like to slide this, I don't. We don't have too much time. I don't mm-hmm, want to keep you. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. ironically, um, I sent a. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Do you like reading studies and academic papers?" And you said, "Yes." I have um, a method. There is a 25-page slavery paper I've set aside for myself. I'm going to go read it. It's in one of my emails to myself. And I also started re-listening to my Dr. David Blight um, Yale Civil War course mm-hmm. yesterday. And I started from the beginning, and I do this. I listen to this once a year. And the irony of listening, I originally listened to it 2014, 2015, which was around the 150 150-year anniversary mark of the Civil War and Lincoln, so on and so forth. Resonated then, but... In, in the late 2010s, it resonated in a different way through the, through the spectrum of the color of skin of people. And having me seeing the uh, seminal work of Ta-Nehisi Coates and the argument for reparations that he had made and me initially going, that's ridiculous too. No, no, I understand this. And listening mm-hmm. to this again yesterday, he started off with some of the first couple of paragraphs from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Sure. And I forget what they were, but the the, the point I, I was thinking of was in a hundred years, we moved about that far forward. And in 35, 50, 60 some years, we've moved another small portion mm-hmm. forward. And it, I want to see where we're going to wind up with how we teach American history better. And this is not a, a CRT thing. 
<laughs> I hate that you have to give that disclaimer. Like, there's that. And every time I read that and woke and liberal, they just feel like slurs against a certain type of people with a certain type of mindset. But I, like we talked it's about like the other day. Warfare against the actual goal. I'll zoom this out away from all of this. Where were we the other day when we, we were both thinking about being kids who were basically like being indoctrinated into a level of belief where we said pledge allegiance I pledge under allegiance God. To the flag. Oh gosh. And we were together. I don't remember. F- we, we were, were hanging out at the victory. Were that's we at where the, we were. We that's were, where we were. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I had thought back to that as I stepped farther and I began became more and more secular and saw what this country came from and a lot of the things that, that eat at me. And again, we don't have to show vivid pictures of, we don't have to show the roots, the movie that is, mm-hmm. and Kuta Kinte, but we need to be more objective with how we move forward so we don't have people like this. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever be able to resolve that, but I, I agree. I do have some hope in Gen, what's the gen, generation coming after us, Gen X? You, well, you're millennial. I'm a, what's after uh, me? Gen Z. Gen Z. I, I, I don't, there, there is something for, the kids younger. So I was with some ladies, some lovely ladies this weekend, and she was discussing a friend of hers, or I think it was her husband is a teacher in the school system, and they were talking about how bullying has evolved in the school system, and while bullying still exists, it doesn't exist as as hard as it did, you know, as the internet emerged, as millennials were dealing with bullying and we were kind of exiting in, into, like, college and what have you. Um, bullying did is not happening at the rate that it happened. Um, Let me interject for one second. I can confirm that. In all the classes Jen and I spoke to at Springfield the other day, they're they don't they don't get the bullying talk. They don't think it's cool. Like they it's much like three or four years ago. Yeah. So she made a really great point. She said it's like this that generation doesn't think it's cool and they don't think it's funny and they don't think it's okay. And so I think that they're gonna I, I feel like I sound so old where I'm like, they're gonna be the ones that are gonna change this. I mean, there's always gonna be those small um, individuals, the fringe, or you know, that exist. Um, but I do think that over time it, it is going to get better. But I think that we didn't do a good enough enough job acknowledging that it was still here. And those individuals that would argue against reparations and against, you know, those arguments, it's like, they're like, well, it was so long ago. And you're not putting into perspective that many of us, myself included, have a, a broken family system based on what happened in our grandparents and our great grandparents' lives in the early 1900s, or even in Martin Luther King Jr.'s time before the Civil Rights Absolutely. Act, where people of color were put in certain communities and zip codes, and they were gated in a different way in many ways, and still live in those areas. Yeah. You know, and are we're redlined to those areas, still live in those areas that are poor, low income, depressing, hard to get out of. Beyond that, you know, and I think we talked about this on air, but I, from my grandpa, my mom didn't grow up with a dad because he chose a certain lifestyle because his family dynamic was a certain way. So my grandfather's father, my grandfather's parents, so that's my mom who's still alive today, whose grandparents were broken because of things that happened at a time where slavery was ending. You know what I mean? Like Juneteenth and all of that. Those those moments. Like people think we're so far removed from it and we're absolutely not. And I think it's just 
intellectually dishonest and the argument's not going to hold weight anymore. I think it's just frustrating that we have to fight through the warfare of critical race theory and what, you know, and, and how people weaponize those things when all we're trying to do is tell an honest story so that the generations after us don't repeat the same mistakes. And then we have things like Buffalo. In a very perverse way, I don't want this to come off as insensitive, so I'm going to sure. be very careful about it. To what you said about, I think they're Generation Alpha, 2010 to 2024, so maybe some older Gen Zs in there Ooh, as well. That's a cool they, generation they, name. They, they, they view things differently. And, we are, and the fact that we are making progress, and your organization, they might have decided to shove DEI down your throat. Good, because you might not have gotten that lesson anywhere else. Um, and maybe the fact that there is growth in that way is why this motherfucker decided to unleash fury. Because mm-hmm. I think some of these manifestos, it's not that he not only hated black people or people mm-hmm. of a certain color, he knew that they were making inroads. Mm-hmm. And that was unacceptable to him. He felt threatened. And with that, I'm going to leave you with a tease for the next time we can get together. Ooh, what that? I will ask you this two ways. Is Toledo, and don't answer... Is Toledo a bowling town? And is there a Toledo bowling institution as there are other institutions in Toledo? Yes, but I won't say what. Okay, and we're done. I love to bowl, except I'd break a nail.